Hi, I'm Ben Buddy Slack, and I'm the founder of The Swan Song Project. The Swan Song Project is a charity that helps people facing the end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. I started doing a series of interviews with songwriters where I asked them to share one of their songs, tell us a little bit about how they wrote it, share some uh, a tip that might be useful to new songwriters, and also um, share us a little bit about how music might have helped them deal with the bereavement in the past. This episode features David Carey, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with Mr. David Carey. Uh, thanks for joining me, Dave. Oh, we're, we're frozen right hey, at the ben, start. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> thanks um, for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to uh, just chatting to you a bit more. Um, so these interviews are doing three sections. First, uh, Dave's going to play us a song. He's going to tell us a little bit about how he wrote that song. Section two, he's going to give us a, a songwriting tip that might be useful for new songwriters, um, just getting started perhaps. And then section three, we're going to talk about a song that's meaningful to Dave um relating to bereavement in some way so uh, i'll pass it over to you david you want to introduce your song and take it away whenever you're ready i'm going to put you on the full screen here there we go thanks ben it's uh, this is actually it, it's quite topical because this is a new song it just uh, it was a single that came out on friday there so it's it's only about a week old so uh, it's called stick to your guns and i'll play it and then i'll tell you a little bit about it afterwards <laughs>
to your guns. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much, Dave. Oh, man. Great stuff. Stick to your guns. So uh, what can you tell us about, about writing that one? Well, I, do you know, I, although I, 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 for, for, for 10, 15 years or more, I've been making my living as a songwriter and touring. But I'm not hugely prolific. So it's, I don't want to say I struggle to write songs, but it's definitely... I feel that the songs usually just almost fall out the sky or it's a long, slow process. And my better songs, I feel, are the ones that just almost come uh, really quickly. If it's something that I feel I need to labour with, so I've maybe got an idea, but it's not working, but I'm determined to use the idea. So I keep pushing and pushing and pushing, but it becomes like pushing a square peg in a round hole. And occasionally these songs kind of develop and, and work. A lot of the time they end up in the bin, but we can talk about that in a minute. But this, this song, Stick to Your Guns, which is the new single, um, it's kind of a long story. There's, there's two, two kind of things fed into the idea. Um, one was that uh, I worked for quite a long time, or for a few years anyway, with our local distillery. Uh, here in East Loch Lomond, uh, a company called Glengoyne. And, uh, they, you know, there's never really been any sponsorship or anything with them, but we've worked together and they're keen to get my audience and I was keen to get their audience a little bit. And so they helped me out. I helped them out a bit in, in various ways. And originally they wanted to pair me up with uh, their sister company, a company called Smokehead. But, you know, I was thinking, ah, I really like Glengoyne whiskey. I'm going to stick with this. So I stuck with that. Cut, trying to make a long story even longer. <laughs> they asked a few years ago, I've got a song called Whiskey in My Blood, that when I wrote it, I kind of, at the back of my head, I thought, oh, it'd be nice if a whiskey company liked this. Of course, it, nothing ever happened. But when the relationship started with Glengoyne, they liked it. And so they asked me for World Music Day a couple of years ago to go to the distillery and do a video of the song and they would put it out. But the corporate folks didn't like it because it doesn't really promote sensible drinking. <laughs> so I thought, okay, we still put out the video and everything and it was, it was all fun. We've continued to work together. The following year, I wrote a song called Whiskey Trail, which subliminally uh, kind of uh, told the story of the distillery of Glengoyne. Didn't mention Glengoyne. It's called Whiskey Trail, but apart from that, it was just to try and capture their brand values and the essence of their independence and what have you. That worked a treat. Everybody loved that. And then this, no, last year when National were launching the signature guitar, I went to Glengoy and said, right, I think this would be a good PR opportunity. Uh, and they said, they kind of said, well, we're, we're, we're thinking about this again. Remember we mentioned our sister company, Smokehead. I think that we think they'd be a much better fit for you. So I'm like, okay, let me take a look at this crowd. And I check out the Smokehead stuff and everything is much more aligned to me and my own brand than, than Glengoyne ever was because it's kind of quite smooth and sophisticated and nice and well-mannered and smokeheads all like <laughs> <laughs> you know it's, it's all about independence like it or lump it and all these brand values are you know, almost exactly mirrored with my own approach to my music and my show and my songwriting and everything so I, I kind of thought uh we, we did various little initiatives together and uh, taking some smokehead to the USA letting people try it everybody's loving it we're getting lots of, of good traction for them and vice versa for me their u.s distributor was, was really interested and supportive and uh, they were putting 
stuff behind uh, my event ads and stuff. And I thought, right, okay, it'd be quite nice to do a song, like the Whiskey Trail song for, for Glenn Goyne, uh, if I could come up with a song really that kind of reflected Smokehead sensibilities in a way, but doesn't mention Smokehead, doesn't even mention whiskey, but it's kind of inspired by the, the underlying, um, I don't know, ethics and brand values and thoughts and, and personality behind it. So the, the song started, I started messing about, I had, uh, my songwriting always starts off, or 99.9% .9 starts off with with the guitar. So I'll, I'll pick up the guitar and, and you know, I'll, I'll, I'll <coughs> so you know, mess about until I come up with a, a random riff or hook that I think doesn't sound like anybody else or too much like anybody else and doesn't sound too much like anything else I've done before. Problem is that I play in mostly open tunes. I do some regular guitar stuff and banjo stuff, but the majority of my stuff's open G or open D. So, you know, it's a bit like trying to write a book and you only know three words and then try to write another book with the same three words. But invariably, you know, there's so many ways to skin a cat that, you know, you take tempo and, and feel and and stuff. And, you know, these, these, these three or four words, or in, in my case, one or two, or maybe three chords if I'm adventurous, usually played with one finger, <laughs> you find a way of, of kind of making it come out a little bit differently, whether it's the way you hit it, whether it's the, the phrasing of it, I don't know. So I'd come up with this... Um, riff sitting in the studio for getting really frustrated and I came up with this thing and I thought oh that's quite nice and I kind of recorded it just as basically as a demo version of the guitar part and I'd been thinking about this smokehead stuff brand values and then I thought it'd be kind of cool to write a song that was it was kind of it could be about whiskey but it could also actually be about a person that could be about a male it could be about a female it could be about a partner it could be about a friend that friend might not be a person, that friend might be a bolt of smokehead. <laughs> not I'm, I'm suggesting anything about myself here. So uh, there's, uh, there's, there was all that kind of stuff. And the first version of it was way too nice. And uh, I was I'm not particularly melodic, you know. Uh, for me, it's, it's more about the, the, the performance than trying to be fancy ass guitar player or particularly great singer. So I I kind of, I let Margaret, my wife, hear it and she was like, that's pish. And uh, I was like, yeah, kind of. And you know, sometimes you know in your own head that it's not really, but you, you want to try and push it. And then sometimes just take somebody else to tell you that. And yeah, I kind of thought that, but I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad that you didn't pander to me and, and tell me you thought it was all right, because actually I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's pish as well. So I was so frustrated, I just started bashing the guitar and trying it in, a, in, a, in anger. And, it, and it, it kind of, it came out much, much more, much better in oh, my yeah. view. <laughs> more, more like that. Although that was very, I don't often play sitting down, but I thought you can't have a Zoom, a Zoom video and have me lurching about the room and I'd, I'd probably break something. <laughs> so that I don't know if that gives you a wee bit of an insight into into that song. Yeah, no, definitely that was great, Dave. Yeah, they're interesting. Um, yeah, and it kind of feels like, like I guess the example there you said is that trust. You know, I don't, I don't know, feeling like almost trying to write something in one way and then just letting an emotion take the charge of it in a way. 
which kind of took yeah. it to the where it was meant to be. Is that was that is that fair to say? Like, like you'd, you'd written it one way and then you said it was pish and then uh, let the kind of the frustration take it to where it felt more natural. Uh, yeah, you've just hit the nail on the head. I think that is, and it's, it's not always that obvious when you're on the the creative side of it uh, until it happens. But yeah, just that sort of, you start forgetting what this preconceived idea of what it should be like, and you just as long as you've got a little catalyst, because I think if you start off with with nothing, with no idea, I mean maybe if you're putting together loops or EDM stuff, you know, you can you can you can mess about and pull pull notes and midi about and, and come up with stuff which which is great as well a great way to come up with stuff but doing a singer songwriter type of thing for want of a better term i think you've got to have an idea about you know even just some nonsense words and a, and a bit of an idea and then just throw the preconceptions aside and just just sort of bash it out and, and like you say it, it captures the feeling and that is possibly the, the most important thing Absolutely. I don't get too hung up in words. I probably started in the last few years being paying a bit more attention. I always thought my songs were just about nothing. But invariably I'll go back to them and listen to them and go, oh, God, that was all about this. So that was because it must be something that's lurking in the back of your head. Yeah. That you don't necessarily associate with what, what's going on to the, the bit of paper or into the, the tape machine. And then it it kind of actually there is there is some reason to this and it does capture some some kind of emotion or message or or whatever for sure yeah yeah it's a fascinating thing that isn't it I've, again i've had the same experience and heard lots of the songwriters similar things of songs at the time i didn't think much of and then years later they reflect back on them and it actually feels that there's a lot of wisdom in it or it means something completely different than you thought it might have meant at the time and i guess it's probably linked to that similar thing of when you let your your instincts and your emotion kind of drive something a little bit even if you don't consciously make sense of what it's meaning what it's meaning is at the time it's, it's there and you can enjoy it later on <laughs> or other yeah, people can enjoy it um straight away sometimes i guess so yeah definitely. that's great dave thank you um let's move into section two so this is why i ask people to uh, to share with us a, a songwriting tip that might be useful for people just getting started in songwriting or um yeah um interesting yeah, well, the I, 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 think, I, mean, I mean there's there's probably quite a, a few things that i've probably learned over the years don't be too precious about it don't think it's never think it's not good enough because it doesn't really matter what it is it's it's a, that almost the song itself doesn't matter it's the fact that you're doing it and trying mm -hmm. to do it and don't don't throw things away and don't devalue anything that you've done and have don't, don't worry about it being not good enough for having shortfalls don't labor things too much. I mentioned earlier on, you know, about sometimes you get an idea and you're so determined to use it and it becomes like over labored and you're trying to push a square peg around the hole. Don't overwork stuff or overcomplicate stuff. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to follow the rules. Just do what you fucking want. At the end of the day, you know, you do this because you, you do it. Uh, you, if I wanted to fucking make money, I'd, I'd either be singing in a well, no, I wouldn't be singing a covers band. They'd never let me. <laughs> I don't know what. I'd, I'd either be out playing covers or trying to play covers, or I'd, I'd, I'd have a proper job. You know, <laughs> no, this is a proper job. Writing songs is definitely a proper job, and you can make a living doing it, and you can get yourself out of a hole with it as well, emotionally, financially, in every way. So there's a, a, a couple of things. Are definitely don't over egg the pudding. Don't labour stuff too much. Don't 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 beat yourself up. Don't don't worry about it. Don't get self conscious or hung up on it just do it and at the end of the day it's a process of doing it and the fact that you're even if what you're thinking just now is 
Dong, 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 dong. Who's to say that's not creative? Who cares? Put that down. Record yourself. Do you know, there's a, I, I've got a friend who puts a lot of video on, on Instagram. He's not really much of a player or a singer or anything, but you know, he's putting stuff down all the time and it's great. He's just getting out there and I, I really, he, I get a lot of enjoyment out of watching and listening to it and, and inspiration as well. And I'm sure it does him a lot of good, not necessarily just mentally, but, but uh, not just uh, musically, but, but probably mentally as well. You know, it, it's, it's a really, really important thing uh, emotionally and mentally for, for your well-being, for everybody's well-being. I think it's a great, it's like getting exercise if you can, if you can get out and get a walk, even if you're not feeling like it, even if it's a struggle, even to walk from here to a few yards, just get, you know, there are things that you can do in life. And if you can't do something physical, maybe you can do something with a, with a keyboard, with an iPad, with an iPhone, with, with your voice, with banging spoons together. I don't know. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, that's great, Dave. Yeah, thank you. And it kind of follows on nicely from what we were saying about, um, not having your preconceptions and letting letting you you know so like not worrying about like oh, I'm going to try and write a, a you know beautiful poetic piece of music it's like just just letting it letting something come out of you whatever way it is and and then it, you know, then yeah like even if at the time you think oh this is no good you know you don't you can't really judge it yourself certainly not straight away can you you know like you were saying some songs and you, you know the meaning changes with time and you find more things in them so yeah that's great that's thank you nice to get you get some constructive criticism for some people. Some people just like to slag stuff off. I mean, I, somebody was telling me recently that the, there was a song, a, a song called Brexit Blues last year, which wasn't really pro or anti-Brexit. For the record, I wasn't really up for Brexit. But, you know, it doesn't. if somebody is pro-Brexit, in my mind, it doesn't make them a bad person. If we all thought the same thing, then we're a bloody boring place. But the song wasn't really so much... a pro or anti-Brexit, it was more just an observation of the clusterfuck round about it and all the mixed messages and political crap that was going on. Um, and nobody really knowing, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the, the, I'd, I'd let um, somebody hear it uh, and they were, uh, like me, he's a huge Bob Dylan fan. I said, yeah, I don't think your stuff gets played in the radio because your lyrics aren't deep enough. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, you know, you hear stuff like, like Barbie girl, you know, <laughs> it doesn't have to mean anything. Anybody that gets so, I love Bob Dylan, as, 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 as you know, and, you know, we were watching something, was it the Rolling Thunder Review, or there's, there's a thing on Netflix, we watched some of it last night, um, and, you know, Dylan's, so many times, there's all these books written about Dylan, Big Toad, Robert Shelton, all these people have written all these books about Dylan in search of Dylan means this, Dylan means that, Dylan means the next thing. And Dylan's just going, didn't they really mean anything by any of that? Is it everybody else that puts that pressure on and interpretation and trying to second guess something? Yeah. Do it, it doesn't have to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, rant over. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was great, Dave, thank you. <laughs> And that leads in nicely to the third section, I believe, doesn't it? So uh, this is where I um, I've asked my guests to select a song that's meaningful to them relating to uh, to bereavement. Um, and what I do for this section is I can't play them in the recordings. I'll put the link in the description. Um, so you want to tell us what song you chose, Dave? And then what, what I advise people to do when they're watching this is they can pause the interview here if you want to and go and listen to the song if you're not familiar with it. Like I said, the link will be in the description. Then you come back and listen to it. So we have a lot of chat about it. So uh, what song did you choose for us, Dave? 
Well, the song is a, it's a Bob Dylan song. We've just been talking about Dylan, and it was one of the first Dylan songs I, I, I that introduced me to Dylan, uh, Mr. Tambourine Man, and uh, I can tell you all about why that's important. And it, it, it kind of it's not so much the topic of it, but it's it's a lot of the activity round about listening to the song that uh, that made me choose it. Yeah, yes, that's great. Let's. Uh, so what what's what's the context around it? I, I was just listening to it again uh, before. Before I started talking to you, so, you know, this is a song that's like yeah, such a classic band that I actually listened to it in quite a while. And you know, <laughs> like, again, like we were just saying, it's like every time you go back to it, is you pick out different things or different lyrics stand out to you in different ways. The video I was watching, well, I think it was, was it Newport? One of, it's a you know, folk festival video, oh, like, yeah. 1964. Well, there's a Budokan version. There's uh, well, wow, there's lots, you know. Yeah, but uh, for me, I mean, I, I lost both my my parents, you know, quite a long time ago, and I was only child. Or I'm an only child, I don't know. I'm still an only child, I guess, even though they're both gone. Um, but I, I, it was weird, it was, it was quite a late baby. My dad was 56 when I was born. So he, you know, he, he, I, we'd, we'd go out and people would say, ah, oh, did you beat your grandpa? And I'm like, oh, my dad. But he was, he, was, he, 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 he was young for his age and he, he was born in 1908. He'd gone, done whole things like, um, got the world's first collapsible canoe and could up, canoed up the Rhine with his pal, a guy called Hefty Ilmer. What a name, Hefty Ilmer. I've never read a song about him. And then he did things like riding across the Great Hungarian Plain and he, he went to Morocco in the 1920s and dressed up as a local and pretended to be a tour guide in the mountains. and Just all sorts of weird-ass stuff that he did. Of course, when he was alive, I was like a teenager, I, not interested in any of that, and as is always the case, uh, or almost always the case, especially if there's a big generation gap. Generation gap seems to have shrunk an awful lot in in the in the last twenty or thirty years. But when I was a kid, you know, there was a big generation gap, um, and so I kind of poo pooed all the things. And it really wasn't until after he'd gone that I, uh, you know, realised shit that was quite something you know and there were lots of these things so i ended up writing a song about that which is nothing to do with, with uh, mr tambourine man but it, it it was it was a song called 1923 that so far has only been in a live album anyway back to mr tambourine man is that song available on your website the 1923 uh, it's, oh. uh, it's on the live at memorial hall album i think that's maybe the only place it is so far i don't think it's on any videos but it, it might be on the, it'll probably be on the next album, next studio album. Mr. Tambourine Man, so by the time I'm listening to Dylan, um, probably I just started playing guitar. I'd be 19, maybe. So my dad would be 75. Is that right? Yeah, but 75. And, uh, he played guitar a little bit, but yeah, again, again, I undervalued what he did. He, you know, only played a few chords and he did this kind of chick chick dum chick chick dum and he had huge big fingers that you know, seemed to stop all the strings at once and again I was like <laughs> but I, as I got into playing guitar myself um, laterally and, and, and listened to stuff like Bob Dylan we, we kind of bonded over it a little bit and my mum was quite a lot younger than my dad but somehow she'd missed, missed rock and roll somehow and missed everything to do with pop music and pop culture and, and, and basically um, teenagers. But so she'd always be telling me, be quiet, turn that down. But whereas my dad, by this time, we, we got a little bit closer mentally and, and 
he would come into in, into my bedroom and, and sometimes listen to stuff. And the song that really, really kind of brought him in and got us talking to each other about music and him showing me things on guitar and me appreciating him was was Mr. Tambourine Man, or just as Tambourine Man as he called it. And uh, he, 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 he began to love that song, but it, it was more that that song was such a catalyst that I, every time I hear it, I picture him coming in my bedroom, asking me what it was, we're sitting down, we're talking about it, and, and, and like a whole world opening up, and that's the way I like to remember him. Oh, that's beautiful, Dave. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's so interesting that those songs that just take, you know, that there's just so many memories within them of the times, uh, especially those early memories when you first got to know it. Because I mean, when when I was starting to think about these things, I, was, I started off thinking of songs that you know, things like "Seasons in the Sun" and mm. things like that immediately spring to mind. But I thought that it's not really a song so much about bereavement. Uh, when 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 I got the idea in my head from you that it it didn't have to be about bereavement, but it just how you would associate it with memories and bereavement and stuff, and and, and that's it. And of course, when he when he died, not long after that, actually it. That song actually really, and these memories really, really helped me through that, you know. So, double whammy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. What I've been, yeah, what I've been trying to do, the example I've been using to, when I'm trying to explain this to people is the choice between, you know, it might be a song which is specifically about it. And the example I give for that is another Dylan one, The Death Is Not The End. Um, so, it could be a yeah. song like that, but it also could be like this. And my example for that is um, The Black Velvet Band, you know, the old Irish song. That was my grandma's yeah, favorite yeah. song, and I used to always love singing that with her. And uh, so that's that song. Just always, just it's, every time I hear that, I think about it. I've just got all these memories of singing with my grandma uh, and how much she used to love that song. So yeah, it's nice now. It works both like ways, that. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, for sure. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me, Dave. I really appreciate it. And um, everyone can. Me. Yeah, it's been it's been a pleasure talking to you. So people can uh, check you out on all the social media and websites. And you see that they um, stick to your guns as a new single. Yep. So that's out now as well. Uh, it came out last Friday and the live stream Monday 27th of April, 8 pm UK time. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I'm all over social media like a rash. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help myself. OCD about it. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. It's a good skill to have, Dave. Cool. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for joining me and uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. I'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you.